listening to Rick Flynn. With a shout out from London Town, it's Rick Flynn presents. Now, ladies and gentlemen, your MC for the affair, Rick Flynn. Well, hi, everyone. Thank you. And what a pleasure it is to be back with season number two of our podcast today. And I am delighted after months of trying to make this show happen. We finally have it together. Ladies and gentlemen, I am proud to present from the Van Halen touring organization, a man who's been there, done that, been working on the shows, John Douglas with Van Halen, not for days, not for weeks. I'd say it's fair to say you've been with them years, haven't you? (laughs) That's fair to say, yes, sir. You first, I imagine, got acquainted with them back when they were in that time period where they were leaving the local band, quote unquote, status in L.A. and they were coming up as a uh, a concert act. Would that be correct? They're a California band. I live in Texas, so I was in, I was a fan then. I did not work for them. I started working for them end of 97, 1998. So I was certainly a fan from the get-go and uh, um, actually met them when they were opening up for Black Sabbath. But, you know, I was just a punk in school, a fanboy, you know, so in high school, uh, or maybe junior high. Uh, anyway, so it would be uh, 20 years from then before I started working for them. Oh, you uh, met them and didn't work for them until 20 years later. Yeah. And in high school, I'm to assume in high school, you weren't even a drum tech, were you? No, I was just a a drummer in a, a, you know, just a high school kid. Uh, I basically learned to play drums to to those those first Van Halen albums in my my room. Uh, Again, you know, just a a fan like, like the rest of the world. Right. Oh, absolutely. Now, you were responsible for some monstrosity kits that Alex Van Halen himself used. And we've all seen them over the years. They're works of art, to say the least. But despite the fact that you worked for Alex Van Halen specifically, were you acquainted with and did you know, other than hello and goodbye, did you know Eddie? Oh yeah, of course you can't you can't work for one of the brothers without being they they were they're very much family obviously family oriented but but when you come into that camp you are quote unquote part of the family and so so even though I worked for for Alex uh, oh I do work for Alex you know I was uh, golden to to Edward because I took care of his brother so yeah they they just like those two guys were inseparable so therefore I was you know in the mix for sure. They treated you like one of the family. Uh, Yeah, absolutely. Now, I heard you just say that you still work for Alex. Does that mean, in your opinion, that the Van Halen trademark, if you will, is going to rise again with a brand new band? Man, I would not. I I could not speculate, and 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 I have no idea. I mean, it's just too... 
it's too soon to speculate. It's in, in, in many ways, you know, obviously fans, we could, we could wonder, well, how could, how could they go on without Edward? And then, you know, you could also say, well, how could, how could they not? How can that, how can that music, that body of work not continue? But that is not from, from, from me to decide. And, and, and it, like I say, it's, it is way too soon. And, uh, you know, uh, if and when, there is anything, you know, I'm sure we'll, obviously the whole world will, will know about it, but, you know, right now I think it's, it's, uh, we're all still mourning the loss of, you know, a great, a great revolutionary guitar player, you know, and a sweetheart of a guy, you know. And you really liked, you, you liked Eddie a lot. Oh yeah. 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 He's exactly that. Just a, a sweet, sweet guy. And, you know, obviously a genius musician and just a true blue, true blue uh, musician in the true sense of the word. Not, not, not a, not a rock star, pop star or whatever. He's just, uh, both, uh, Alex and Edward are just, you know, highly skilled, highly trained, proficient, uh, musicians. And, um, obviously, uh, created an awesome body of work. We got a lot to talk about, about your work with Alex and his respective instruments that you were responsible for. But before we get over to that, did you know David Lee and were you able to get along with David Lee? <laughs> That's the question because, boy, have I heard a lot of various answers on that one. Well, of course, you know, I mean, you're going to, I mean, so it's, it's, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm fortunate to have worked for all with all three lead singers when I started with them, it was, you know, it was Gary Sharon, uh, and, uh, and then Sammy came back and, um, and then Dave came back. So I've worked with all three guys and, you know, I, part of, part of my job is to get along, you know, as best you can, you know, but there's not, I don't have, I don't interface too much with them. I mean, uh, with the singers. Yeah. With the singers. Yeah. Um, um, you know, I, there's, you know, you just keep your head down and, and, uh, you know, but Dave is, is a, a, a unique, funny individual, you know, and, uh, it's, uh, what, what, you know, as most lead singers I've found, a lot of the bands I've worked for, the, you know, lead singers are a different breed, man. You know, they just are. So, uh, it takes a different personality type to get up there. You know, singing is, is very, um, intimate, you know, it's, uh, they're, they're putting themselves out there, nothing but their voice, you know? Uh, so I, I, I understand it as best I can, but yeah, they're a different breed. So you gotta, you gotta roll with the punches. <laughs> May I take a wild guess out of thin air? And am I correct by my guess that if you had it to choose, you would pick Sammy Hagar of all the three to work for? Or to work with. Um, I mean, Sammy's a great hang. He's an easy hang, you know, uh, for sure. Um, Sammy Hagar, more mellow, uh, not as abrasive, would you say, as David Lee? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's he's, he's uh, kind of a, a you know, uh, like I say, an easy hang. He's, he's, he's easy, easy to, he's maybe easier to approach and, and, and a little, perhaps a bit more down to earth. But, you know, I have to say that the, like the Dave era of, of Van Halen is, you know, because I 
when that first album came out, you know, I was, you know, like I said, just kind of learning to play drums and, and, and this. So to me, the, the, that's my Van Halen is the, the first six Van Halen albums, the, the Dave era and the, that over the top live show and, and all that. So it's, but then when Sam came in the band, you know, I was like, okay, this is, this is Van Halen now. And then they made a ton of great music then too. So it's, uh, I don't know that I can answer that question. <laughs> right. You know, cause it's, they're, they're, they're kind of, kind of, you know, obviously two different, two different eras and yet still Van Halen and part of the legacy. And, uh, and I remained a fan, you know, it's like when, when, when Dave left or, and Sam came on board, I, I didn't go, Oh, okay. Well, that's not, that's not my Van Halen anymore. It's like, okay, well, if I, if I want to hear, you know, that, that's, that's the new Van Halen. And like I say, they, they took it to new height for sure. Oh, they definitely did. And he did a great job. I think Sammy did a great job with them. Yeah, absolutely. Now, at the time that you hooked up, not only with Van Halen to work for them, but at the time you hook up with any of these modern acts today that you're going to be employed by, this is a crucial stage in the history, you might say, of these bands as they rise up because they've gone like Van Halen did from a high school band to uh, a band that's local with a nice regional following. And now they're going to become a touring act trying to promote an album here and there. And that is the time period in their careers where they can actually afford to bring somebody like you on board and Alex Van Halen says, John, what should I do about my drum kit now that I've got a whole concert stage to fill with only three musicians and a singer? <laughs> well, he was doing that, you know, long before I came along, you know, his his innovative kits, you know, obviously during the, the early days inspired me to do, because I'm a drummer and an artist. So I just, I started uh, customizing my drums uh, in high school uh, because I wanted my stuff to look unique and cool. You know, so I had started painting, painting my drums and, 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 and modifying and, you know, adding weird stuff to, you know, just again, just to be unique and, and, uh, but at, being inspired by the guys like Alex Van Halen. And um, so uh, I can't, unfortunately I can't take any credit for all his, all his early kits. You know, I, like I said, I didn't come, I didn't come working for him until I started painting some stuff for him in the early nineties. I would start painting some uh, uh, kick drum heads uh, for him. And, but I wasn't, I wasn't working for directly for him. I was still, I was still playing in, in bands and, and, um, I would be working on other people's drums and drum heads, you know, uh, in hotel rooms after I played my gig, you know, and, and on days off and stuff, I would be painting, painting stuff for other, other drummers and, uh, Alex being one of them. And then eventually, uh, got the call when I, when I started checking, I actually started working for ZZ Top first because I, I painted a bunch of stuff for Frank. And that's where I first heard of you. You did a kit for him where the entire drum kit was leopard skin. Do you remember that? You painted oh, yeah. you painted the leopard skin on there. Yeah. Yeah, everything on that kit was uh, I painted the, all the drum heads uh 
inside and out because uh, it was the drum heads were clear, so I painted them in reverse so that uh, the you know the paint was on the inside of the drum heads, um, which is the first and only time I've done that. But yeah, yeah, I've done. Oh man, I can't. I I started painting drums for ZZ Top in the in the late '80s, mid '80s, maybe mid to late '80s, and I still still paint drums. I don't know how many kits I've done for Frank. At least twenty, maybe maybe more. Wow. Um, but I just did a, you know their 50th anniversary kit I worked on in in, uh, in 2019. Uh, so i still I still paint. Uh, all the drums for Frank and quite, you know, usually uh, I'll do guitars and basses for Billy and Dusty as well, sometimes to match the drums and, and stuff. So, uh, so yeah, we're, we've been, I've been rocking along with those guys, but I worked for the band, you know, for, you know, a dozen years or so after mid nineties, something like that. Well, you would have to know a dear friend of mine. May he rest in peace. Rusty Burns. I remember the name. Yes. He but was Billy's guitar tech who later went on to record with his band on uh, MCA Records. And prior to that, they were on Arista Records. They were called Point Blank. Point Blank. Yep. Yeah. He was around before I was there. But I remember hearing the name, obviously. And obviously, we all know the, the Point Blank. Uh, a single. It was called uh, Nicole. Single. Yeah, Nicole. Yeah, yeah. That was a big hit. Was, oh, oh yes, it was their their biggest yeah. hit record, yeah. Well, they were all uh, good boys. I worked with them on stage. I, I wrote the biography of the band that Rusty Burns would always tell me, you know, that's the best uh, bio on this band that has ever been written. And, really? Uh, oh, absolutely, he said that. That's cool. And if you go to the official Point Blank Wikipedia page and scroll down under external links it'll say the official point blank bio and that is what rusty burns referred to and then there's another article on there it's an interview i did with john o'daniel their lead singer so you may want to check that out as well it's called start starting up point blank's automobile on volume nine because their their new album at that time was uh, Volume 9, it was called. Cool. At the time that these acts can afford, quote, unquote, to bring you on, there are they, most of them just being signed by a record label, have a lot of them been around for a while, or how would you characterize it? Is it a mixture? Uh, for me, it's 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 uh, guys that have been around for a while. I, I've pretty, I've worked, I've worked, I've only worked for a handful of bands and they've all been, in my opinion, you know, uh, at the top of their game and, and pretty much legendary before I started working for them. Cause the first half of my life, I was just playing in my own bands. Just, I was just trying to be, trying to make it in as a drummer, uh, and doing art on, on the side, you know? So, but I worked for ZZ Top, Van Halen, Bon Jovi, Aerosmith, and Slash and Michael Jackson and Boston. So that's like I think if I don't think I'm leaving anybody out, but that's pretty much in those in and, and I've worked from all you know in in the last uh, twenty years. So those were those all those bands were well established. Typical baby bands, and I know this because I was in a baby band. You 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 you, you can't afford anybody, and then and then you start with like one or two guys that do everything. You know they set up everything and drive the truck, and you know I mean it, it's it's. Uh, 
you know, music business is it's it's tough until you're until you're selling a lot of records back when you sold records uh, to be able to afford, you know, a real, you know, a, a full crew and guys, you know, uh, that are uh, completely like specialized in their in their field, you know. Oh, exactly. And yeah. I would say that with that stable of bands that you worked on, uh, they all had pretty much a national reputation then before you ever came on board. Oh, yeah. They were huge. Yeah. Way before I ever came on board. Now, I, I had nothing to do with their success. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Now, on Alex Van Halen, when he would want to go out on a brand new tour, would he design his own drum kit or would he call you up and say, John, what should I do? Long before I ever came along, he was had those awesome drum kits. So at this point, he usually has a pretty strong idea or will bounce ideas back and forth because eventually I have to create help create it. Yeah. Help help. If he has an idea, I have to, I have to understand his vision and then, and then help deliver that. Uh, and it varies. You know, I, I, I paint a lot of drums for people that I don't work for and I don't know like as well as I know Alex, you know, um, so uh, it's kind of the same thing. Some of them will come to me and, and not have an idea at all, and I'll, I'll have to pitch them some ideas, or they'll come with an idea. And, and you know, again, there's some back and forth because I want to, you know, help them with realize their vision. And then, But I have to share it, you know, because the drums just come to me and I paint them in my shop. So they're not around, like, looking over my shoulder. So it's like I got to have a, a, a pretty clear vision what what they want so that I can deliver, you know, what they want. And there, you know, the, the, the really one of the fewer exceptions anymore now is is for the CZ Top. I've been I've been painting drums for for Frank and, and doing stuff for him for so long that he he likes you know uh, over maybe the last ten years he likes to be completely surprised and you know but that's risky, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, cause, well, he uh, he trusts yeah. you. In other words, he has a lot of yeah, trust. He trusts me. Yeah, and and, and I and I think I know him pretty well to, to know, you know, what he's going to like and stuff. And, and there are times where, uh, because obviously we live in the same city. So I'll, I'll, I try to meet with him before that time. And I kind of, I'll kind of pitch him the, the broad stroke idea of kind of what I'm thinking. And then I just run with it, you know, and, and, uh, and then he likes being surprised, you know? Um, so everybody's different. Right. Oh, absolutely. Now, on that um, Alex Van Halen drum kit, the one that had the Alltech Lansing voice of the theater horns coming out of the bass drums, whose idea yeah. was that? Oh, that's all Alex. Yeah, that's, oh, really? That was before me. Yeah, that's him. He didn't need me for any of that. Um, and I love that stuff, man. I'm just like, ooh. Boy, that was a sight for from? sore eyes. I had I never I seen I, that. I know. I wish I... I wish it was my idea, but it's, it was not. And but that's the kind of stuff that inspired me to do other things for other people and and to do, you know, other other creations for him. But uh, yeah, that was yeah. He first did that I think in at the US Festival I think in '82 or something. You know, so um, it it uh, and then in the, in the 1984 kit and he carried that on to the 5150 kit. So yeah, I was. I was just as enthralled with that as as the rest of the world. Um, that was an amazing yeah. drum kit. Amazing, yeah. Now, didn't he have 
a set in there with four bass drums, or am I wrong? Oh yeah, it's it's a. Uh, he was the first one right out of the gate in '78 to to uh, join. Um, his kick drums were his bass drums were twice as long as any any other bass drum, you know. So he would join two twenty sixes, and uh, and so they were twice as long. So he totally, you know, uh, invented that and and um, the four and bass drum drum yeah. kit. Yeah, and so but but later on he would still do that, and then he would have uh, another kick drum outside of that. So. A lot of those tours carried six kick drums, and and we've been doing that in the 2015 tour and the 2012 tour. We we have six six bass drums up on stage. Now four on the floor, and where are the other two? Is are they all on the floor? Yeah, they're all on the floor. Three on one side, three on the other. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah, oh, yeah two two of them are stacked, so they're they're twice as long. So they're you know the drums are kind of. Uh, twice as long, so those stacks that's count, that counts as four, and then and then there's uh, one on each, on the outside of each of those uh, stage left and stage right. So, but yeah, in the it's it's a total of six. It's, it's a lot of a lot of muscle. Have you heard of the terminology known as wow factor? <laughs> yeah. Does yeah. that come into play here? I think so. You know, I mean, it's and I'm a believer in that. It's like when you know, certainly for. Van Halen and a lot of other bands, you know, again, speaking as a fan, you know, uh, I can remember going to those early shows and, and waiting for, you know, for the big reveal, you know, where the, a lot of times the drum kits are covered up, you know, in between the, you know, opening act and the, in the headliner, you know, they, they pull the cover off and it's like, boom, that's the, that, that, exactly the wow factor. Other times it may be the, a curtain or or a kabuki drop or something on the stage, and you you won't know until the band hits the stage and the, the curtain opens and the lights hit, and then 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 you see the kit and exactly it's like the wow wow factor. And uh, so yeah, I, I still try to deliver that for whoever I'm working for because uh, I, I I you know I'm a drummer and an artist, and so for me the drums are a the center of the stage and b they're to me they're uh, a sculpture, you know. So I like a I like a a good looking drum kit, whether it's got custom paint or maybe you know how it's how it's set up creatively, or that it just looks uh, pleasing to the eye, you know. So that so hopefully somebody in the audience goes, "Wow!" You know, that's the aim. Would sure. it be Would it be fair to say that your desire at what you do is to take a kit of drums? that one could order or purchase at a music distributor. And by the time you're through with it, it'll be one of a kind. Totally. Yes. That's always the goal. Yeah. And that's what, and that's why, you know, drummers come to me, they want something unique. And so I certainly try not to repeat myself. And, uh, I certainly, I certainly have been inspired by guys before me, um, that, that did it. But um, yeah, the, so the challenge of that is is enormous, you know, to try to do something that's that's uh, never been done, and uh, and and uh, you know, hopefully uh, the the drummer likes, the band likes, and kind of makes sense, and, and uh, it's it's sometimes it's easy, and a lot of times it's not easy because uh, it's the idea 
that that that's the real commodity is to that's the that's the idea and that's the toughest part and then figuring out how to do it because most of the time I've never done it before because again like you pointed out the whole goal is to to have a one of a kind uh, work of art um, in this in this drum kit for for a band for a particular tour so it's uh, you gotta you gotta deliver the goods man. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> now, let's, you're a drummer, I'm a drummer. Yeah. I want to talk and have you talk to the young boy or young lady, uh, a young Sheila E. that's coming up trying to learn and make her role uh, in the percussion industry. But you must admit there is a danger, I think, quote, unquote, in having the youngsters out there feel if they don't have six bass drums on the floor and all of this this monstrosity of a kit that's worth more than certain people's homes, probably, after you get through with it, that they can't play properly. And what scares me about that is that these young people are putting the cart before the horse you have to learn your instrument before you're even on the level to have a person like you brought in example buddy rich buddy rich didn't need any of your services he didn't need anything but a basic kit and people had tears coming down their eyes when he got through playing them because he was just gifted do you see where i'm going here yeah, I, I think it's. Uh, I agree with you 100. My son uh, is a drummer, and uh, he plays on four drums. You know, so not there you go, drum. bingo. So kick. Yeah, so it's. Uh, but you know, it's. Uh, it, we have to try not to. I agree with the the, the buddy Rich or John Bonham and those those guys legendary played with basically the same configuration, different sizes, but you know, one rack tom, two floors, one kick drum. You know. Uh, and did amazing things with them. Um, but then, you know, you have Neil Peart with Rush, and you have Alex Van Halen with, you know, enormous sets, and they do amazing things with that, too. And, and then you got everybody in between, and you got Terry Bozio with, you know. Oh, I've Marvel. seen his same thing yeah. with him. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's uh, I, I do absolutely believe that, you know, you need to leave the, the fundamentals. You know, all those guys, I think, would tell you that the, the, the meat and potatoes, the fundamentals of, of their instrument is just that kick, basically kick, snare, hi hat, you know, and then uh, introduce a rack tom and then maybe a floor tom, and that that's that's the fundamental, that's the meat and potatoes of of their of their gig. But they like, you know, those those particular drummers like a lot of other uh, voices, you know, high pitched, lower pitched, you know, uh, certainly uh, like uh, within the rush formats, you know, there's a lot of uh, tune percussion you know so that's that's their uh that's the benefit of you know having your own band and then you invent your own sound and they can do whatever they want to do um so but I, I agree with you that to learn learn the basics uh or when you're starting out is to you know do what you can with with minimal stuff and uh learn learn your instrument the basics yeah learn right. the instrument learn the basics which are which are which are that you know kick snare and hat that's the, the basically the drummer's role is a supporting role all right uh, you've seen brian may with queen 
and yeah. all of these Vox amps behind him, the AC30s, I, I can't count yeah. how many there are, but there's a whole lot of them. ACDC, there's all kinds <laughs> of amps behind that yeah. young man. Am I wrong to say to the youth, you can scrap every one of those and bring out one little amp with the mic in front of it and that Angus Young will still come out and, and impress you with one amp. He does not need all 30 of them back there. That's, yeah, uh, absolutely right. Yeah. But, the, you know, those guys, those bands are lucky. You know, they, they go for the wow factor, too. You know, but, but it is. It's, it's, it's showbiz, and that's the wow factor. But, yeah, every one of those guys could do it, you know, with, with one amp, you know, and uh, one guitar. And, you know, absolutely. And do it well. Uh, and do it very well. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. And that's what I wanted to ask you because, John Douglas, what you are doing, you are creating drum sets for ZZ Top, for Alex Van Halen, and all the rest of these wonderful acts that you've worked with over the years. You have to admit that the kits you are often creating would take more real estate and space to set up than the average nightclub would give the entire band. Yeah, that's exactly right, man. That's exactly So right. if you're not on a touring level with an album, with a record contract, and with songs to promote to the masses on a national or international tour, it is difficult, if not impossible, to call John Douglas uh, and, and say, can you help me out here? I would say most of your clients are saying, we're doing well. I'm so pleased. Our career's going great. Now we have a whole stage to fill. We're no longer an opening act with limited space can you help us fill the stage like you did zz top which is only three people and get a nice yeah. clean spacious beautiful showbiz look to it that sounds good I I am i right here yeah no you're exactly right yeah and and, and even even those guys i was telling everybody you know look I, it, what i do is on drums is very very specialized you know and not everybody that wants it can afford it and not everybody that can afford it wants it. Not everybody wants. Oh, Oh, absolutely or, you know, not. Stuff, you know, so, uh, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a niche, niche market. Um, certainly. Um, but it's, that's the nature of, of anything uh, custom, you know, it's very individual. Uh, it's, it's supposed to be one of a kind and, and, um, but yeah, not everybody can afford it, and even those that can afford it, not everybody wants it. So, uh, I'll bet you you have had drummers come to you, and they're young, and they're upcoming. They, they don't maybe even have a contract yet. They're not a recording drummer. And doesn't it break your heart when you have to say to that young person, listen, man, it's going to cost more to do what you want to do than, than what you can afford. Come back and see me when your career is is at a higher ebb. Or it, it would shock me if you just tell me, oh, I've never, ever done that. Please, <laughs> no, yeah, please tell me yeah, they come and tell yeah. you that all the time. Yeah, you get, uh, yeah, I get quite a few emails and, and, and or sometimes they'll, they'll, you know, the drums that they have, you know, are not 
are not the the best, and I'll have to tell them, look, you you know the the paint job that you're asking me to do is worth more than the drums. <laughs> yes, yes, it's, it's worth more than the drums. Yeah, it's not a good investment, you know. Uh, so you know, I would uh, try to you know uh, kindly. Uh, you know, give them give them the facts or what about you know, uh, you know, even if they had the money, I was like, look, it's just not a good a good investment. I mean, I, I I appreciate it, but you know, you don't you don't want to put you know the cart a, before a, the a horse. On a, yeah, on a on a on an entry level drum kit. I mean, it doesn't it just doesn't make any sense. Not good, not good investment. Not good investment for you. So, and sometimes I'll you know. Uh, you know, I, I can steer people and, you know, trying to do something on their own, you know, I'll, I'll share information. It's like, here's, here's how I did it. You know, uh, I get that quite a bit from, you know, the, the, there's this tribute bands are very, very popular now all over the world uh, where, you know, a local band will, all they can do is emulate another band, you know, the ZZ Top, for example, there's, there's, there's a very successful tribute bands uh, I know of one, I think, in France that's contacted me a few times, and there's uh, there's, uh, there's probably more than that. But, I've but, seen, yes, I've we've had yeah. one in, in Cincinnati. I forget their name, but they actually did uh, not a bad job at all. Yeah, yeah, I've seen some amazing ones. But guys like that will contact me, and they'll, and they'll, they'll ask, you know, how I did something. Uh, for, you know, for example, it's usually top-related. And I'll, I'll share that as well, because... They don't have the budget for me to do it, and I'm like, I'm not in the business to. Even if they did, I'm kind of like, I, 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 I can't. I, I, you know, again, guys like Frank Beard, whatever, come to me to do, do a one of a kind thing. So I'm not going to do what I did for him for you, even though you're a ZZ Top tribute band. You know, I'll, I'll, that's not what I do. I'm not going to bootleg my own products. You know, so, uh, you know, but I'll share them. You know, how to do it on a on a shoestring budget or whatever, and they figured out how to do it themselves. You know, uh, it's all in good, in good fun. I think it's all for in good, good for business, you know? Oh, absolutely. Now, have you ever had a successful band, a band that can afford to do what you do, uh, to bring you on board, but you have to say to them, look, I'm sorry. This concept is above my head. I'm not quite, quite into it uh i really i would love to work with you but i just can't grasp what it is you're talking about and it's better at this point i get out no i don't think i don't think that i, I don't think that's happened um uh there may have been a few where i should have done that but i didn't because uh, i like a challenge and everything um there there are times where scheduling doesn't work out you know because i, I if i'm if i'm on on tour with Aerosmith or something and somebody contacts me, I can't do, I paint, I, t I paint, uh, paintings. I do, I do portraits on canvas. I paint uh, in my hotel rooms, but I, I don't paint drums in my hotel room anymore. I have done it, but, uh, I don't do that anymore. But, um, so there are times where scheduling just doesn't permit, but even though I, I, I try to work that out cause I don't like saying no, you know, I like, I, I love the challenge. I love to see, you know, uh, I love to help a drummer achieve what he wants, his vision. And then I like to see, you know, that up on the, on the stage. Man, I, I love that. So anytime, you know, I, I try never to say no is the, 
is the short answer. <laughs> All right. Very good. Ladies and gentlemen, if you've just tuned in to join us today, this is Rick Flynn. I am honored to have with me from the Van Halen Touring Organization. May you rest in peace, Eddie, the drum technician for Alex Van Halen. He is a custom drum tech for ZZ Top, for Boston, for Aerosmith, and a ton of other groups that I just can't go on and name. We'd be here for too many hours for that, and I just don't have the time. His name is John Douglas. He is out of Texas. And John, I know you have a website. I know you have email. Somebody's listening. Please tell them if they can afford it, how can they get a hold? Or maybe, you know what? Maybe they can't, but they can at least email and say, John, will you answer my question? And I'll bet you you would do that for them, wouldn't you? Yeah, of course. Uh, where where can they yeah. get a hold of you? I tried to make it real easy so that I would never forget it. My website is my name, which is johndouglas.com. Uh, so there's a it's basically like a, a portfolio. You see a bunch of stuff that I've painted. Like I said, there's a lot of drums, lots of drums, drum heads, a lot of guitars. There's a, a lot of uh, portraits, you know, fine art on canvas. It's pretty much all music business related, rock and roll. Uh, even my canvas stuff is, is portraits of, of bands, all these bands that we've been talking about. I've done portraits of them. Um, so there's, uh, but yeah, there's a lot, a lot of uh, pictures of, of custom painted stuff, you know, so it's, and you can email me from that website. Uh, there's a contact page on there and, and uh, that comes to me. So Excellent. Yeah. And tell me the website again now. JohnDouglas.com, J-O-H-N. D-O-U-G-L-A-S. You can't get simpler than that. Oh, that is great. It's simple. That is great. Now, once again, to the young people listening, John, tell me that Alex Van Halen, tell me that Frank Beard, tell me that just about every man at Terry Bozio who, who has these Neil Peart all of these drummers with these music stores worth of equipment up on stage an entire music store that requires a semi tractor just for the, the 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 drum kit tell me and tell the youth listening John Douglas that Every one of those drummers with every one of those music stores in front of them that they're playing could not do the exact same thing on a bass drum, a snare drum, one ride tom, and a floor tom. Oh, yeah. I think, I believe they could. I, it's just a question of, uh, you know, when you get when you get to their level of status, they, they, uh, they have their personalities. And the, just like a guitar player has... Um, you know all the all the foot pad, the, the stomp boxes. You know with distortion pedal, phase shifter, flanger, blah blah blah. Delay pedals, set of different. You know they have all these things to augment their sound, and uh, and these drummers that want the same thing. I mean, even even uh, uh, Buddy Rich had two floor toms. Uh, you know he could have done it with one, but he wanted that extra voice, and he liked little splash cymbals, and that's not required, but mm-hmm. he liked that additional voice that 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 he wanted to, you know wanted to hear in the in the music that he created and it, it, i think it's the same for all these drummers with the with the gigantic kits it's like that's that's their voice i think alex in an interview one time said that that that's his playground you know if he wants six kick drums and you know a dozen toms 
that, you know, he gets what he wants and he absolutely deserves it and has earned that. Right. But it took him not, a while to get that. to that point. He did not have that when he was when he was playing the clubs. Oh, I'll or, guarantee you yeah. he didn't have that in high school yeah. either. <laughs> no. Yeah. And he, yeah, and he didn't and he and he didn't doesn't even use all that for, you know, to record the albums because it's it's a different animal, you know, it's like that's all that stuff is uh, for show. That's part of the show. That's what the fans want when they walk into an arena or a stadium. That's what we expect. The, the, the like you said, the wow factor. You know, and then a guy like Neil Peart with Rush, that the, he does use all that in the studio, and then he recreates it live. But again, those are the those are the voices that he that he has in his head, and that he need you know needs to put within their body of work. And then there's other guys. You know, uh, uh, Trey Cool from Green Day, he does it all with, with five drums and a couple crashes, and, and that's all he requires. And uh, and, and they're both right. Uh, but, I don't, you know, it's not, um, I don't think it's, uh, what was the word, mandatory. You know, I, I know I, I know I read an interview with Neil who said, you know, but, but his basic kid is four drums. That's his basic, everything else stems from that. Neil Peart basically telling the world that even though he's got all this this hardware in front of him, it's not mandatory. He can do what he needs to do, especially in a recording studio with nothing more than a basic kit. Yeah. Yep. Everything yeah, everything everything stems from that. Just like guitar play, everything stems from the six strings, you know, I mean, so, you know, even before electric guitars, it was six strings on an acoustic guitar and it went electric and then, it, and, you know, and, and, but, but the basics, that's why, you know, I, I think, I think Angus Young still writes ACDC songs on a six string acoustic, you know, yeah. I mean, that's still the basic, that's the root of the instrument. And I've never been there when he's recorded in the studio, but I'll guarantee you if I walked in there, I'm going to tell you, I'd, I'd be willing almost to bet you right now that when he records those albums in the studio, that he's doing it on one amp. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. One amp so that they can control the sound. If he needs a bigger sound, maybe he'll do another track. Yeah, exactly. So... It's just amazing, but John, you are as much of an artist with a paintbrush. And what are you painting? Oils? Uh, I paint acrylic. Oh, acrylic. Yeah, All right. Acrylic. Yeah. You are an artist with a paintbrush and acrylics as much as you are a drum tech. Is that fair? I'd like to think so, yeah. Yes, sir. And so you excelled at art at school. I, I uh, that was those have been my only passions since before I can remember drums, drums, uh, music and art. You know, so I think they go hand in hand. Um, I've done them, uh, you know, separately, and uh, and then obviously the ultimate culmination of those two is when I get to paint and on on drums and create these, uh, you know, drum kits. Not only uh, perhaps unique. Uh, setup configurations or modifications, but then the, the custom paint on the shells, uh, on, on the kick drum heads. For me, that's the ultimate combination of my two, my two passions in life, my, my two talents, if you will. Um, so yeah, I love, I love the creative process, process either with a drumstick or a, a paintbrush. Um, love it. Where was the first 
drum kit painted that you ever painted? And was it yours or was it somebody else's? Yeah, it was. I uh, started painting mine. I think it was shortly uh, high school because uh, I couldn't afford to to uh, a bike order a new drum to match the drum kit that I had. Like I had an orange sparkle drum kit, and uh, I didn't have the money to like when I wanted to add another uh, tom or another uh, floor tom. I think it was at first. Um, I didn't have the money to do that. My parents didn't have the money. So I think I got like a used red sparkle drum and, you know, uh, so the, even before painting, I, I took the drums apart and I wrapped, recovered them in, in something else. So, and then I started painting the drum heads with the logos of the bands that I was playing in in high school. And eventually, uh, I started painting uh, the shells, but it was on mine. I had to, I had to figure out how to the right materials because this was pre-internet, you know, and so there was there's no information out there. It was trial and error. So uh, I've made some errors, <laughs> but it was on my gear, and I figured out, you know, the the right material to use, the right uh, paint to use, and then how to how to get it that showroom shine like uh, you know like the drum companies and the artwork was the easy part. It was trying to figure out how to do the finish that was the was the trick. That's what I had to learn and figure out and buy the right right stuff to achieve that that showroom uh, finish. With the shine. Yeah, the fun. shine. Yeah, with the shine. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Now that's <laughs> the first kit that you ever painted, your own. When yes. is the first time you painted a prose kit? And who was that individual, if you can recall? If you want to tell yeah, us. If was, you don't, that's yeah, all right. Yeah, it, was, it was, I think the first kid I ever painted for anybody was uh, unbelievable because it was for Stephen Adler of Guns N' Roses. Guns N' Roses. Guns N' Roses. This was like 1980, I think 87, maybe. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I painted drums for probably the drummer in the biggest band on the planet. It was the first time I ever did that. Um, that's a whole other story, like how that happened, because just just by chance, for sure, uh, somebody saw you know my drums, me playing my drums, and and, uh, and the same thing happened with Zizi, uh, with Frank Beard from Zizi Top. He, he he was a close second. I think I was uh, set to paint his drums before that, but uh, we didn't. I they didn't they didn't arrive uh, for the drum company, yet, so I ended up painting the the Guns N' Roses kit before his. But Frank came out to see my band play and, you know, commented on my drums, said they look cool and who painted them. And, you know, so that's how that whole started. Again, it's kind of like I just wanted my drums to look cool. I, I didn't set out to to start doing that for others. Just like I, I didn't really set out to be a drum tech. I set out to be a drummer, you know, so. Um, and it kind of just happened. It just happens, yeah. And it happened due to the artwork or due to your knowledge of drums or both? I think both. I hope both. I think what, uh, I think, actually, you know, it was probably the artwork, you know, because I started painting drums for Frank and then and Guns N' Roses and then it went on from there because people, same thing happened. They, they somebody else saw those bands and said, hey, Frank, who, those drums are cool. Who painted those? And he would give them my number. And pretty soon, I was painting drums for Extreme and Pantera and you know Red Hot Chili Peppers and Leonard Skinner and all. It just stems from word of mouth and other people seeing the drum. You know these custom painted drums. And so um, that's how I 
started working with these people. But again, I was still trying to be just a full-time drummer. I was still playing in my bands. Uh, and then eventually uh, that kind of fizzled out for me. And I kind of came home and didn't know what, what to do. And so I started, and then Frank was like, well, come come work for me, be my drum tech. And so it was, a, it was the relationship started because of the artwork. Uh, but I think he, you know, I, I, I think he knew, I kind of knew about drums because I am a drummer. And so uh, that's how the drum teching thing kind of kind of happened. I started with ZZ Top in, in the early 90s when they, you know, they were at the top of their game already. So I, I started in arenas, you know, so uh, I was very fortunate for that. Boy, isn't that the truth. And then after uh, going on board with ZZ Top, you were able to actually get your own warehouse, so to speak, slash studio or workshop, whatever you want to call it. Were you nervous at that time that there weren't going to be enough clients to fulfill all the expenditures that you're going to need? Or did you just have faith or... How did all that turn out to where you went on your own and said, "World, here I am. I'm available for hire for any act that wants me." I don't. Think, I don't think there was a lot of forethought in that. I think you know, I I I started to buy when I needed again when I was just when it was just I was just a drummer. I just wanted my stuff to look cool, and I needed to buy some things to to learn how to do that again. That was my passion, you know, artwork and 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 playing drums. So just like I would you know, save up for a new symbol or whatever. I started buying the the art products and the, and the air compressors and the tools that I needed to do that. And then as the jobs got, you know, I started doing it for others, then um, I would upgrade things, you know, as I, as I, as required. Um, for the longest time, I was just painting them in my garage, you know, uh, and, until I, got to where I could, you know, uh, build a bigger shop, more, more dedicated to just that, you know? So, um, so I've been very blessed with that just to be able to, um, uh, have a shop that I do art and music in basically, um, and combine them both when I'm painting drums. Let me give you two okay. words and I want your opinion. Yes, the two words are Tommy Lee. Tommy Lee. <laughs> okay, tell me yeah. about I I don't know if you had anything to do with it, but uh, no. for heaven's sake, there's a man that had a drum kit that I've never seen do what his had ever done before. Yeah, no, that's a that's a whole different. That is yeah, machine. That's, that's like, metallurgy. Yeah, that's uh, that's machine. That's, that's machine a, work. Yeah. In yeah, case and a, the people uh, at home, Tommy Lee had a drum kit with him playing them that would go up in the air and the whole blasted thing would go in a circle and around uh, yeah, and round and round. Uh, how he even stayed balanced and not dizzy to play is one question, but that is not artwork unless you consider metallurgy and machine machining uh, to be art. And you know what? In that profession, I'll bet you they do consider it an art. Wouldn't yeah, you that, say? That's, that's, yeah, I would say that's a work of art, for, of, 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 certainly of engineering and uh, and metalwork and craftsmanship. But what, I'm not the guy you want. That, that's, again, that's like, that's engineering and that's a, that's a carnival ride. 
Boy, well, that was the tour. One, his tour was what carnival of uh, I forget, oh, yeah. what was that? I forget uh, the name. Yeah, I do too. I do too. It was a carnival. Yeah, yeah. yeah freak show type carnival yeah. <laughs> name. Yeah. And then uh, who else did we have on the Hammond B3? I know you remember Keith Emerson. Yeah. May he rest in peace. He had the Hammond B3 that went around with him on it. Yeah. And, yeah, that, and, and I don't know if he... I don't know if yeah, that was before that. Tommy or after, but if it was before, I bet you that's probably where Tommy Lee got that idea. Yeah, I don't know either. It was probably before, it, I would imagine, but I don't know. Yeah, I don't I don't know. The, yeah, it, Emerson, it, it, Lake, and Palmer. Now, some of these drummers, they've got the ego. Uh, I, I guess I don't need to tell you that, John. <laughs> but, <laughs> I, if, for example, Bill Bruford has been known to be a little, uh, a, a little rough around the edges at times. Have you ever met any of these characters that play that you just, you know, you have to walk away? You can't deal with them at all. Or if you'd rather no. not admit it, I'm game for I've that. Been I've, I've, I've been. Uh, Is it bad for business for you to admit it? All right, we can I've go on to the next question. But I've been lucky. Me, I've been lucky. I mean, most of the guys I, all the guys I worked for, have been just great, and I learn a lot from them. It's a, it's an honor to, you know, to sit behind uh, these guys uh, every night and watch them deliver, and you know. Uh, it is. It's a. It's a treat. So, um, yeah, I've been lucky. I haven't worked for any, any, but I'm sure they're out there. Okay, now but, you know we're all human. Uh, what about? Is it like one price when you paint the kit and hand it over and say, "I'm glad you like it. Enjoy it." And then another price when they say, like Frank did, "Hey." I want to kit, yes, but you're coming out on all 50 cities, and I want you there to set it up, tear it down, and maintain it. Yeah, they're to two totally different animals. I mean, I I, I paint way more uh, drums for guys that I don't work for, that I don't tech for. Uh, I only tech for like a handful of, of, of bands, and um, and not all those guys. I, I don't necessarily even paint their drums. Again, not everybody wants it. Oh, you'll work with a straight set just to be just to be sure. the tech that they need. Yeah, yeah. Ah. Um, so it's it, they're totally two different animals. Yeah. So uh, two different two different businesses, if you will. Yeah. I mean, sometimes a lot of times they go they coincide. You know, I do tech for or I do paint uh, drums for guys that I tech for. Obviously, Alex Van Halen or Joey Kramer. Or, um, Certainly, Frank Beard, I have done, but um, I haven't teched for Frank in like 15 years. But I still paint all his his stuff. And I paint, like I said, I painted drum. I paint drums for a lot of other guys that I I do not tour with. Um, so yeah, they're two different animals. Right. When uh, is the last time you spoke with uh, Alex Van Halen? Uh, today. Oh, really? And that was about, uh, I, I don't want to interfere on the call, but, but basically, I mean, was it about a new kit? Was it about an old kit? Was it hello and goodbye? Well, basically, yeah, what yeah, did you have going yeah, on? It wasn't, it wasn't even drum related. It's, uh, it, yeah, we, we just talk all the time. You know? Just so a friendly was, conversation. Uh, yeah, just a friendly conversation. Yeah, and how's yeah, he holding up? Yeah, I think he's, 
under you know any circumstances. I think he's holding up good. You know, he unfortunately he he wasn't as shocked as the rest of the world. I mean, he he saw it. Do do you think he saw that? You know, Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't know how he. They they were very they're very close and and um, so I think you know, but still it's uh, it's uh, a sad deal and um, I think he's managing very well. Your best memory that you have in your life of Eddie Van Halen. Can you roll that by everybody real quick? What impressed you most as best you can uh, tell us? I think for me, for me, for, for Ed, and the same thing goes with Alex is that they, they just love to play. Obviously they love to play together, but, but if chances are, if you, if you see, saw, Edward Van Halen, he had a guitar on. It's like he would get to the venue uh, on tour and get there um, for before sound check, and he'd warm up carrying the guitar. He'd walk to the stage with the guitar on, and he'd play a nice long sound check, and then he would walk back to his dressing room, and he played guitar right up to the show time, and then he played guitar for two hours, two and a half hours. You know, I mean, he just lived and breathed to play guitar. And uh, Alex is the same way. The drums just a little more difficult to walk around playing drums, right? Boy, so, isn't that the uh, truth? But uh, you know, Edward just you know this was a, a, a gifted, extremely gifted musician and just a sweetheart of a guy. You know, so it's uh, it, I have a lot of a lot of memories. Most of them I just keep to myself. You know, but uh, it, it's a uh, it's. Um, to me, when I first started working for Van Halen, their work ethic was unmatched. I've never worked for a band like that before or since that that uh, respected their talents and the craft of uh, of making music, and um, and that trickles down. You know, if the band feels that way, then the crew feels that. You know, I mean, it's like if you take pride in their work and you respect you respect respect the craft of, uh, in the opportunity that you have to get to be a musician, you know, and again, that's what the Van Halen brothers are. Um, and so that to me was just very, very inspiring and still is to this day. And the nicest part of, uh, Eddie Van Halen, other than his talent, of course, excluding that the nicest part about him and his personality. What was that? I think it was just a, a sincerity, a, a love of family. Yeah, what do you yeah, think? Only a family guy, family guy, and just a just a sweetheart guy. He just loved to loved to play music, and so it was just it just that just that joy. And I think he, most of us could see that in his in his winning smile. But when he's playing, you know, that smile was genuine. That wasn't. That wasn't, uh, you know, an act. And so that joy that emanated not only from his fingers on the fretboard, but from the smile on his face, that fills a stadium. And so uh, how can you not love a guy like that who loves what he's doing and brings magic to, you know, to turntables and radios and concert stages all over the world? Beautiful. 
Yeah, absolutely. Ladies and gentlemen, I can't tell you how excited we've been. It, we've waited literally months in line to have John Douglas <laughs> on. Now, you know that's right, John. I'm going to tell it like it is. If somebody wants a kit of drums painted, how far out are you? Are they going to wait three months, four months, uh, or do you do it the next day? Now, don't tell me you're not booked up. Well, it's been a weird year, obviously, as we all know. With COVID. Oh, isn't that no true? Or touring anything, so there's there the, 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 nothing is normal now. Uh, I have a few projects on my plate. You know, every, every job is different. There's so many variables on the you know on the size of drum, how many drums, what sizes are they, what do you want? You know, I mean, I've literally, you know, it could it could draw a stick man on one kid, and the next could could be a. a the Sistine Chapel and everything in between. So it's all different prices, different time frames and stuff. But I would say just, uh, you know, give me a shout. and do, We'll do out. the talking yeah. and see right. when we can get you in there. That's right. All right. Very good. John Douglas, it has been an absolute pleasure. I can't tell you how excited I was to finally get a chance, even though we've never met in person, to have you on the podcast. My sincere thank you when Alex Van Halen, when Frank Beard from ZZ Top, when Joey Kramer from Aerosmith, when Tommy Scholes and the whole organization from the band Boston brings you on board and puts their trust and and their faith in you, guess what? My trust and my faith in you is right there with them because you've got to be good. And when I saw that first kit of drums that you painted that I saw, which was the Frank Beard ZZ Top leopard skin drum set, I was absolutely amazed. I thought you were just fabulous then, and I still think that you are now. It's just I'm glad that you're becoming even more successful. You deserve it. You're busy. You should be. It's a screwed up time in the world. And maybe if there's any plus to that, the only thing I can see good about it is maybe it gives you a little more time to paint and to work on some some acts you wouldn't have time to work on if you were doing 50 or 60 shows in a tour. Right. Yeah. Thank you so much, Rick. All right, John, tell them once more before we get out of here, where are they going to get a hold of you now? Yeah, you can check check out my website, www.johndouglas.com. And like I say, there's just a bunch of pictures up there. You can, you can kill a lot of time looking through all that, and you can contact me through the website. Yep. All right, very good. At this time, I think what we're going to do is just have you say, Good night, John. Goodbye, John. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for sticking with us. It's the start of the second season of the Rick Flynn Presents podcast. John Douglas from Texas coming on board to share just a wee little bit of a fantastic career. We're so proud that he's here. We're proud that he uh, came on to share his life with you and me. Thank you again, John. Thank you at home, everybody. This is Rick Flynn. It's been fun, but I've got to run. We'll see you on the next one. Bye-bye.
The preceding was a Rick Flynn production. This is your announcer, Chantal Marie speaking.